Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. Do you feel as though you have settled or are settling for less than what you want or maybe for even what you are worth? You're settling. Just accepting life as it is, status quo, without seeking change. Do you feel like that? Not so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What is an example of settling? Just give me an example. There's so many. Staying at a job that you aren't happy with, of course, comes to mind first because that's kind of where our end of settling started. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And what it really boils down to is recognizing that something in your life isn't what you want. Yeah, I was settling. I mean, I was like, because I was, I just didn't want change, right? Because change is scary. And you get into a routine, right? And and it's, you feel safe. And then you don't want to take that first step. And you think this is fine. It's good enough. I've been this way for years. I don't want to. Change will be hard. What will people think? What right. will people say? Right. And there's all these external factors that stop you from doing what you really want to do. It sounds desperately tragic, doesn't it? It does. Because the <laughs> it time really is, does. It's the just, time is going to pass either way in I, your life. It is. It is. I would have to believe that uh jobs and relationships are a big part of this. Completely. I would yeah. say the two yeah. biggest and and maybe even where you live. Right. We know. We've talked about that at length. Here's some of the reasons people settle. One, and I think this is a big one, well, they're scared, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the alternative of if they're in a relationship of being alone or or a new venture as far as their career failing. Giving up something that was good enough for an unknown. I think uh, being alone is... A lot of it goes back to that because even when you relocate, if you've ever done this in your adult life and you have, relocating can be tough because as an adult, because you just don't know anybody and it's 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 hard to make big friends. It's hard to make <laughs> right? big, big friends. And, and once you get into a community and you understand it and know what makes it tick, the thought of leaving... And starting that process over is daunting. Yeah. The internet, I think, has changed that a little bit because our communities are more global and and digital. Of course, there's the in-person community where you actually physically live, but I think the internet has made it a little bit more expanded. Well, they're talking, that is all part of that, and you hate this word, meta. That's well, I hate- what Zuckerberg's using that's what he wants to ultimately build with but Facebook I, I, and Instagram and things I like think that. he will and I think you'll be successful it just the thought of the concept of it is a little bit weird just because it's different I, I was actually listening to a scientist a guy that I kind of somewhat respected today talking about how in two or three hundred years he'll he believes we'll be living in a world much like the matrix 
Oh, that's so weird. weird. (laughs) Again, nobody knows. It will will evolve to that, and then it suddenly won't be weird. Right. You know, like the things that we do now, we would have thought were weird 100 years ago. So yeah. why so why do people settle? We we've said they're scared is often fear is a big part of it, and I, I think in another one and this comes up a lot. People are conscious of conscious of time, mm-hmm. but that's almost you know contradictory because the time is going to pass whether you do the thing that scares you or not. But some things I think have a clock, like and you. Can, obviously would, would be more familiar with this because you have friends, but I think a lot of women, and you'll read this, as far as relationships are concerned, wind up settling in a relationship because their biological clocks are ticking and they can't, they, they don't feel like they have enough mm-hmm. time to reset and start over and yeah. build that kind of a trust. Like if they want right. to have children. Right. I think that happens a lot. So they just, and that's, you know, something they deal with that men don't. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I would understand that. So... Yeah, if you're conscious of time, I think that would be a big part of it. And they're in denial a lot. I mean, don't you think that's a big one? I do. You're like, this is here's one thing I do not like to hear. Is is other people uh just accepting the status quo. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a a, a better way to phrase it, but like, that's the way it's always been done. I've yeah. always done it this way. It's fine. It works. Yeah, it's just, and you reassure yourself that this is the best thing for you. Because when you're not reality, letting yourself dream beyond your current reality. Because that's the way you're programmed. And people will fall into this rut and stay there. You know, when we've talked about jobs in the past, it think about that a lot of the people like like our parents and such were always willing to settle because they just wanted to get the paycheck mm-hmm. and support the family so it wasn't a matter of if they enjoyed it or not no. or if they felt fulfilled the only fulfillment was providing for the family and it goes back that's that was that, the function yes. of work so you weren't settling but at the same time you were and you 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 didn't value in that time, people didn't value their experience at work. It no. was just go to work, get paid, work at the same company for 30 years, retire. That was right. the path that people were on. And it's much different for people now. They want an experience at their job. They want work-life balance. They want to enjoy their time at work and contribute in a meaningful way. There's a, a sense of adventure, especially with Gen Z, this, this, I mean, what other generation decided, well, they can do this, do this with social media, but to be able to just sell everything they own and drive around in these vans around the country. It's there, cool. There's a group of these kids doing this. Now, I don't, obviously, they probably won't do it forever, but what an adventure for them to remember when they get older. It, like, remember when we took a few years and we just lived in a van and drove across the country? Think of the things they'll see and the people they'll meet and the experience that they will have. If and when they do decide to settle down and put down roots somewhere. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, I don't feel called to live in a van, but I think either. it's cool for the people that do feel called to do it, that they're actually doing it. But they're, yeah, they're, there's something inside of them, right, that is drawing them to that. Not, and they're again, acting on it. Again, not everybody, but these are people who refuse to settle. 
I will say that. Yes. And I, I wonder how many people, and we, we touched on this on an episode last week when we talked about like the power of positive thinking and manifestation, but how many people have actually stopped and thought about what they want? Right. Like if you take out all the, li- all the limitations, what do you really want in life? Well, and how many people have actually stopped and asked themselves that? I think that's uh, what you just said is part of the key. What do you want because they say one of the biggest mistakes people make is uh looking to family and friends Mm -hmm. and then they often because they care about you will give you advice that has their best interest included as well sure and it probably most of the time with no ill intent right right that's just how people's egos work for example if like with us here's a great example for to pack up and move you know, 15 to a house in the mountains in the desert, 1500 <laughs> miles away. Right. There, there would be some people in the family that would miss the kids. Absolutely. Right. And it's that type of thing. That's an example of, uh, where you can get torn. Right. So 100%. you wind up, so you wind up settling and living in a climate and in an environment that you're and it's not the necess- end of April and it's still <laughs> snowing and you wake up and you look at the weather forecast and you say, Someone please help me understand why I continue to live here where it's cold all the time. Right. I mean, Whoa, it, was, sorry. It, it was so disheartening <laughs> this past weekend to look at that. Because if you look late in the next week when we're past the middle of April, we'll be in the back end at that point. And we've got highs in the mid-30s down into the 20s at night. <sighs> Snow and mixed with sleet. and I mean, it's just it's nasty, right? How am I supposed to wear my beautiful Easter dress to brunch? <laughs> When it's going to be cold and snowing and my dress is sleeveless. It's it's moments <laughs> like that where you question uh, if, if as to whether you've settled to live here in Minnesota. It was funny because when I got out of the service, you know, almost 30 years ago, there was a bunch of guys when we were getting out that had made the decision, I'm staying right here in Southern California, mm-hmm. right? They were like, I'm not going back to wherever I... A lot of them were from inner cities and didn't have a lot, you know, look, I mean, as, as far as uh, a, a great life waiting for them back home. So a lot of them wanted to stay. But there were guys for the straight climate issue were like, I'm not going back. This and they're is, brilliant. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do something. I am not going back to the cold. And now I think, God, that was a brave move at that time in your early 20s. But man, if, if you indeed stuck to it. What a payoff. What a payoff. And right? I remember graduating from college and part of the appeal to me of studying broadcast media was that you could go anywhere in the country. Right. And right, work. Right. And I said, even then, I said, I want to go somewhere where it's warm. Right. I want to live in a, in a warm climate. And that would mean leaving my entire family who's in Minnesota and Iowa. Right. Um, and and I try, I, I applied for jobs in warmer places and didn't get them and wound up settling for a job in Wisconsin. And now here I am almost 20 years later, still living in the upper Midwest. And not that I don't love the community here right. and the, the city, it's the weather that I don't like. Yeah, right. Another thing that uh, holds people back and makes them settle is they're hopeful, Right. Hope, like it's going to get better. It's going to change. Yeah. Hope is a dangerous thing. You know, from the Shawshank Redemption. Remember that? I know. I was She's like thinking of an expression that I've heard you say before that I will not share, but it's 
It's rather vulgar. <laughs> right. Well, it's, you know, it's what I was taught when I was younger. And hope can be dangerous because you just keep thinking things are going to get better miraculously by themselves when in reality you're not doing anything to be proactive and make them better. Or even identifying what it is that you want to become better. Right, right. What would it look like if it was better? Right, you know. Right. You know, and then people becoming complacent. Now, we've kind of talked about that because it's just with too many jobs, dreams, and whatever facet of life that that you are, uh, experience, people just get used to it. And, and again, it's, and it's good enough. Mm-hmm. That's what they think. One of the most dangerous things people say to themselves, well, it could always be worse. Oh, I know. I do not D- like that phrase. Yeah, don't say that I because, to, there's I mean. There's a kid's book called It Could Be Worse. And it's all about that. Like this guy's like, well, you know, things are blah blah blah, and the other guy's like, oh, it could be worse. And then, anyway, um, I don't like that phrase, and I try not to think it or use it because to me, it's yeah, productive pe- and it, it's not helpful. Yeah, people need to uh, adopt more of a, how can I make myself better, right? How how can I better my situation, even though it's good? I want to make it better. How do I do that? Right. And what do I want? And right. what kind of steps do I need to take to get there? And it, I think that it's little tiny things in people's lives and then like the big, huge things that we've been talking about, um, you know, and back to your reference to time. When kids are little, oh, I'll do that when my kids grow up, I'll do that when and there's a lot of waiting. And that's probably the time factor that you brought up that people don't feel like the time is right for for something but then you realize how life, but how short is, life is. But time is going to oh, happen no matter if you're doing it or not. So it's kind of flipping the script on time. A lot of people just think it would be too messy. And when I say messy, I'm talking about, you know, the upheaval of a new home and moving. And, and you've got a dog. You've got kids in school. All of that type of things. And they're like, I'd like to, it would be great once it was done, but the whole process is just too messy. Sometimes you have to just flip life on its head. I know. That's when the magic happens. Right. And it and it, it is a big change for a lot of people, but I mean, there's there's just nothing worse than the regret of looking back and going, what if I, what if? I know. And people probably think we are off our rockers because we're like <laughs> on this big like awakening journey, but it's like. Once you kind of wake up, for lack of a better term, and realize that things can be different, you just want to, you want everyone to realize that. Right, right. You know? Right, yeah, it's it's crazy. And people, it, always, it seems like they're always looking, but when they see something or an opportunity, they're, it's, they have a difficult time taking that first step. And it is scary. And they, they, they do still look and, and dream, right? about what if, again, you don't want to get back to a point in your life where you say, what if, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, what I've brought that up to you before of, of all sad words, tongue or pen, the saddest are these, what might have been. And if you wind up that, who it, said that, that who, I don't, I can't remember. Who penned, I, who penned that it, cause it's beautiful and it's tragic and it's heartbreaking, It is, but it's it also eye opening and awaking and like, what in my life right now could be something that I would look back at and wonder what might have been. Right. It, it, you know, it goes back to a lot of the things we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. 
And it all starts with that can-do attitude that we, we talked about mm-hmm. a, few, a few days ago, right? Positive thinking, the power of positive thinking is a real, real thing. Manifestation and believing, was the term that we came yeah, up with. Be- yeah, believing that you can't, that you have the power within you to change, to change your circumstances, to change things and people and places. And I mean, you have the power to change anything. Isn't it weird how fear takes control of our lives? It does. Literally, because that's what it all comes back to is fear. And that's really just your ego saying, no, 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 we're comfortable. Right. We're safe. We're cool. Don't do anything crazy. But once you do something crazy and you quiet that voice, it's like, I want to do more crazy stuff. It, yeah. When, when you fall into that, uh, that it's good enough trap, mm-hmm. right? It's, that's a sad way to live. I'm telling you. Again, people are going to think that we're trying to get the whole country to I know. quit their jobs. I'm like. We're not. We're not. We're just saying Unless that Unless you, you really want to, then you should. Right, right. <laughs> and you don't you don't need to settle. They say a big part of it has to do with our uh, ancestors having a lot more at stake than we do. Even even just a generation or two back, right? Like there was more life or death kind of yeah. situations. If you if you want to go back far enough, you can talk about food and shelter. Then in this country, you don't need to go that far back to go to the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? You're talking less than 100 years ago. And, uh, again, there was a lot more at stake for them, and they didn't have the luxury of just chasing dreams, right? Like the in the survival instinct or the secure instinct. Right. Well, that's exactly, and I think that, you know, I, that was needed at the time, right? Uh, completely. I mean, they, they knew what they were doing. So now we, here we are. This next generation, almost a hundred years later, and it's uh, we have the luxury, and that's what it is. We have the luxury of pursuing what we want or, or doing what we love, and that's just how we've evolved, right? And right. Once you realize that and recognize it and embrace it, like there's a world of opportunity. There is. I'm telling you, don't let it pass you by. Otherwise, you're going to get to, you know, like the Kenny Chesney song, Don't Blank. Don't Blank. That's exactly it. Life is so fast. Um, Have you heard of the book, um, The Five Regrets of the Dying? I have not. It was written by an Australian nurse um, who worked in hospice care. So she's working with patients at the end of their lives. Those are some of the most wonderful people. They are. After having to deal with them. When my father was dying, I didn't know that much about hospice nurses, but man, they are some of the best. I mean, what would you do without them? I don't know. I mean, they are special. They're everything. They are the they are. special people, and what they do for families is incredible. It really is. So she recorded these um, dying epiphanies in a blog, and it was so popular that she ended up writing a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Um, and she writes of the the clarity and vision that people have when they know they're at the end of their lives and um, hopes that people will learn from this wisdom. Um, the, the top five regrets as witnessed by this nurse are, I wish I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This is the most common regret of all when people realize their life is almost over and look back at it through the lens of observing it and, um, they realize how their dreams have gone unfulfilled. Isn't that sad? It gives me the goosebumps. Because 
you were worried about what people think. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what people think. And they didn't want to, for for fear or whatever reason, they didn't live a life that was true to themselves. Right. Uh, The second regret is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Um, And this was primarily from male patients who felt that they missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. I hear that a lot. I mean, I hear that a lot from a lot of different people, not just men anymore. I think no, that, no. that used to be a thing with men because they were always gone and mm-hmm. always working or, you know, getting on boards and doing this and that. And now it's a, that's shared responsibility. And women are also in that same spot. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Uh, uh, many of the patients that were interviewed suppressed their feelings in order to keep peace with others and settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. I could see that. How many times do you yep. just not say anything? Or you feel uncomfortable saying something. Right. right? Will you yeah. be judged? Will people right. think I sound crazy? I've apparently tossed that out the window and I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will not be one of my but, regrets. Uh, yeah, I think that there's uh, a lot of people that, you know, wish they would have expressed their feelings. Yes. A little bit more, right? Uh, the number four top regret of the dying is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Uh, they said they had cu- become so caught up in their own lives. They'd let golden friendships slip by over the years. Um, everyone misses their friends when they're dying. And um, I feel this like with my high school friends. We graduated 20 years but, ago. But you still keep in touch with them. I know. And I'm, yeah. I was just going to say I'm really grateful that, yeah. that we have worked hard through our adult lives to keep that friendship even though we all live far apart and we've got a bunch of kids and husbands and different jobs and right. our lives have taken us on so many different paths, but I still really um, feel grateful that we've kept that relationship through text messages and Snapchat and Zoom calls and just um, our yearly annual get together right. that we do every year. So I- often and so often, you know, people criticize the world we live in. But without that social media and, and, and the internet and things. It'd be so easy to lose touch. You'd be, we would not stay as connected mm-hmm. as we are. That really has helped with that aspect of things. Absolutely. I would say that. It's not even a question. And the number five top regret of the dying is I wish I'd let myself be happier. And this is a surprisingly common one, they say. Uh, many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They'd stayed stuck in old patterns and habits and uh, the comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions. Fear have, of change had led them, pretending to others and to themselves that they were content when deep within they weren't. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. I know. this. Well, I think there's a lot of people that have had a, you know, the, the time over the past couple of years to think about this. Maybe that's this great awakening that That's we keep talking it. about that people are experiencing where they're like, I don't want to, to have these regrets. There's nothing worse. I can't imagine anything worse than getting to the end. I always say this and, you know, and then realized you lived a big chunk of your life worrying about what other people think. Yes. That's, that's the number one thing I hear from people when, well, they, the when, top when they, yeah, when they get to a certain age, it's just, be yourself and who cares what everybody else thinks. And oddly enough, you'll start to find and surround yourself with other people who are a lot like you. Yes. And I, I hear this a lot. Other people's opinions of you are none of your business. 
Like that. Right. That's just something that they're feeling and experiencing in their life that doesn't have anything to do with you. I like, you yeah. can't control it. It you just let them have their feelings and you do you. So looking at your life right now, what are some of the things that you that you think you can be proactive about that will prevent uh, any regret for settling in the future? Are you is that a rhetorical question? Or are you asking me? I'm literally asking. You're literally asking. Well, we've kind of been on this journey of identifying those things and changing them. That is no joke. <laughs> we are not afraid to take steps. Right. But uh, it, it started with recognizing exactly that question that you asked me. What areas of your life may you be settling in? And what do you want those areas to look like? Yeah. And goes, what do you have to do to get there? Right. Last Monday, we talked about, because it was my first week, last week was the first week that I had been on a radio in you know almost 30 years. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was an. It was quite the leap of faith, right? <laughs> yes. And I, but 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 I'm glad I did it. And the reason I did that, and the reason you did it, is we just when you walk through the doors in the morning, and I've brought this up before, and you just think to yourself, "I don't want to be here anymore." Don't, because if you if you continue continue to do that, you're gonna man, you're gonna be filled with regret, mm -hmm. and that is that's that is the yeah. the very definition of settling and you know, the funny thing is after you know walking away from a pretty good spot like that I did have some younger people in mind I thought well what a great opportunity for them to step in but they were afraid mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it's mm -hmm. just like don't be in there man I know for a fact there's going to be some people kicking themselves for not taking the chance right because it was a big leap of faith for us to even start that venture 11 years ago. It was huge. Right? And we it, it feels very parallel in a lot of ways to the path that we're on right now. Right. Like, it was a leap of faith. We believed in ourselves. Like, kind of blind faith. Right. We had no real, no real reason to believe that it was going to be successful. We just believed it. We just There's, trusted. Sometimes you just know. Yes. And that's how I feel right now. Yeah. And so I don't feel as crazy as some people think we are. And that's fine because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's strange. And I said this to you last week. I said, I feel like the stars are just aligned. Right. It's just like this deep inner sense of knowing and, and that calm. this is the right path. And it's hard to explain if you've never felt it. But once you do, it's like, it's all going to work because it, I just know it is. It goes back to what we had talked about over the past few weeks, but. It almost feels like everything we have done in our lives has brought us to this point for a reason, and we're finally finding out why. Mm -hmm. And it start and the here comes the payoff right here. I honestly yeah. believe that it's where I wanted to be someday, but I just feel like I've accelerated that, and we're on our way to achieving those things a lot sooner than we initially thought. And I think just saying it out loud, like this is what we want. And identifying what that looks like helps make the path a lot clearer. Right. Like if, if you would have told me just two years ago. Oh, that, God, I know. That we would have been thinking about uh, uh, a warmer spot to go for a chunk of the winter season. And we were thinking about, you know, doing that sooner rather than later. I just said, there's no way we're going to be able to pull that off. But we can now. 
Yeah, it's just. And it doesn't seem that far out of reach, right? Why not? I think that's a question that people should ask themselves. Why not? Why not? Right. You know, identify what you want and then ask yourself, why not? So ask yourself this. Do you feel like you've settled or are you still settling? What is, what's the fear? What's holding you back? What area of your life do you feel like deep down you know it needs to change? And what would it take for that change to happen? Because you can do it. You can make that you change. have the power to create your dream life. Absolutely. Not even a question. We'd love for you to follow along. Remember, you can find all of our podcast episodes on our website at georgeandjess.com. Find us on the socials. Search George and Jess on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we'd love to interact with you there. Subscribe to the podcast. It's fresh new content every weekday morning at 6 o'clock. Uh, leave us a review. Subscribe so you get that notification when the episode is live. And uh, this is just super fun, guys, and we're happy to have you along with us. And join me every morning for my <laughs> stop outside to visit the birds. I literally, people heard us talking about uh, uh, all this through the pandemic, and they were like, you really have that kind of a setup? Well, it, it, my bird, my birding took, well, I, it actually, I took it to the next level through the pandemic, and now I've, got, I've still got the operation. I've still got it going, and I go out there every morning to feed them. You can find me and share the experience at George underscore Jess one on TikTok. All right, we'll have a new episode for you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.